everybody. This is Sam Oser, your unconventional journalist, reporting on the movements that fight back Saturdays at 1.30 Central over at Allville Radio in Third Ward. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's been like an international war going on, Israel-Palestine. I say war loosely, quote unquote. Um, today, there is going to be a protest in honor of the Palestinians who are in the ongoing struggle against Israel. Today, we have Fuad with the Palestinian Youth Movement joining us to discuss what is going on and about this protest. Fuad, thank you so much for taking time to discuss this. I know there's a lot going on, yeah. um, and it's pretty ridiculous right now. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Thank you again so much for taking time. Um, so my first question today is about today's uh, call to action, today's protest at Houston City Hall. Could you give us a rundown on uh, what to do, where to go, all the things? Yeah, well, first, I want to thank you for for, again, having the Palestinian youth movement on your show. I think like. Um, something I'm sure we'll get into later is that the the Palestinian people and our movements are facing a complete media onslaught of really racist Islamophobic propaganda. And I think critical grassroots news sources like this play a pivotal role in in um, uplifting and amplifying the calls for freedom and justice, freedom, justice and equality from groups and people that um are traditionally marginalized and so i just i uh want to first like thank you for that um yeah today at 2 p.m uh the palestinian youth movement along with students for justice in palestine at the university of houston and rice university the u.s palestine community network and um the u.s uh, the palestinian american cultural center will be hosting a protest at city hall this will be starting at 2 p.m um we'll be gathering there um, we'll be demonstrating, chanting, listening to speeches, uh, and altogether amplifying a political message which centers uh, the reality of genocide that the Palestinian people in Gaza are facing at the behest of Israel and with endless financial and military support from the United States. Endless. Like, truly, the amount of money that we've been sending over there is redonkulous. Like... <laughs> just just for them to be like going and killing people um so for those of you listening that you're probably like oh that's just a very broad stroke of israel just going to go and killing people what about israel what about the families lives lost so we're going to do a little bit of education a little bit of backstory um <clears throat> so there was this wonderful slide that impact news put together um, detailing the ongoing conflict for the last 75 years. It's been going on for 75 years. Uh, some of the main points that I think is important to touch on is that in uh, 1948, it was called Mandatory Palestine, and it was ruled by the British. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was colonized from the get-go. People were just living there, minded their business, and the British came in and they're like, you know what, I'd like to have yeah. that. Um, so, and meanwhile, Jewish people, uh, particularly Zionists, have had this delusion that, based out of religion, that Palestine is like their Jewish homeland, um, and that they're like entitled to it because of ancestral stuff or, and they want to have all Jewish stuff in one physical location there. Yeah. Um, 
yeah do you want to speak on that more oh yeah sorry wait I can let you finish first or should I yeah no go ahead pop in yeah I was gonna say I think I think that's like a really good um uh, way to like sort of introduce Palestine is Palestine as um, this land that has been continually occupied. When when we think of 75 years of colonization by Israel, it's actually so much longer because we have had the British mandate in which Palestinians um, continually struggled against for life, land and freedom. Um, but I, I actually I think that's a, a good uh, uh, way that you're characterizing it now. But I, I want to maybe reframe a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that um, when when we hear about the Palestine freedom struggle in the media, it's it's um, typically sort of mischaracterized as this like religious issue. And okay. the, the way that it's framed is that, oh, you, well, you have Jewish people that have this historic claim to Palestine, and then you have Muslims that have this uh, claim to Palestine. And that's sort of like the dynamic that you hear, um, which is, I think, an intentional mischaracterization to overcomplicate the the quote unquote, like issue of Palestine. Um, but in reality, we know that this is not really a, a religious issue in its in its character. It's an issue of settler colonialism. So when we look at um, Theodore Herzl, for example, who is the founder, who's the father of modern political Zionism, he himself was an atheist. And he himself was looking um, to establish a, a the state, uh, like a, a Jewish homeland, um, as a part of like the project of nation state consolidation that was happening across Europe throughout the 18th the 19th centuries. And so when we they were initially looking at um, um, Madagascar, uh, British East Africa, um, the Zionist movement, which was sort of spearheaded by Theodore Herzl, was finding looking for um, several different places across the globe. And they eventually uh, made Palestine sort of the, the center of the colonial project. Um, but it's often but but in reality, you know, P- Palestinians like we are a people that are um, like I'm from Orthodox Christian background. We are a Christian uh, people. We are Muslim people. There were Jewish Palestinians uh, that like lived in the land um, uh, simultaneously. And, and collectively with, with everyone else prior to 1948. And so um, many people frame it as like, oh, it's these competing claims to land, when in reality, it's a project of settler colonialism um, that is like deeply like atheistic in its origin um, yeah. and which um, like exists um, as part of like a colonial project of taking land and not really this like sort of contestation between two competing nationalisms. You know, I think that's a really great point. Um, And thank you for bringing that up because again, I'm reading from Impact News that put this together. And even me, I was like, okay, this is a religious thing. I didn't take it a step up to settler colonialism. And I think that's a great point on media and like media neutrality, right? Um, So there has to be two sides of the story. Um, And also, like, the media is controlled by the corporate state, so they're not going to acknowledge settler colonialism. Um, So I thank you for bringing that up uh, and interjecting there. Um, So that was happening in, like, the early 1940s. We're jumping to 1947. Um, The UN proposed that Palestine would be divided into two independent Jewish and Arab states, so still colonizing there. Um, This plan would give the Jews 56% of mandatory Palestine, as it was called at the time, despite them making less of a third of the population. Um, The Jews accepted it, but the Palestinians rejected it (laughs) because they said it was a way for the Jewish people to push them out of their land, which again, circling back to settler colonialism. There was a civil war that broke out in 1948. 
that ended with the Jews defeating Palestinians and taking 78% of the Palestinian territory. Um, that land was declared the state of Israel. And that's like, I don't know if you guys have seen the maps online where Palestine is getting smaller and smaller. This is a result of British Empire, the UN proposal, and the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's the context of things. Uh, this has been going on for 75 years. Um, it feels like a Doctor Who series. And I think it's important to focus on what's in front of us now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to give you guys that background of that colonialism. Um, it's origins. It's <laughs> it's seed story, if you would. There's plenty of story uh, history through the 40s, 50s, early 2000s. But that's just like a lot to get into. Um, I will say the total deaths that they put together, I found very interesting. Um between 2008 and 2022, there's data that says uh, Israel deaths has been 279 mm-hmm. and Palestinians has been 6,180. Yeah. Um, if that's not a clear indication of a genocide, I don't know what the fuck is. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, because, you know, you, you name like like because I think I think sometimes you know the 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 media has a way of um i mean not a way it's very intentional right but they they very intentionally portray like for example what's currently happening in palestine as something that is confined to the last five days right right exactly this is just like this new conflict it's just popping off for no reason yeah but i think it's important to note like so you mentioned 1948 my 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 mother's uh parents are from musrora which is like a neighborhood outside of jerusalem in 1948 their home and all the homes around them were bombed by a zionist paramilitary at the time called haganah they were forced to flee with just the clothes on their back and their first bo- firstborn daughter, my aunt Naifa, and they relocated uh, uh, to a convent, a church convent in Jerusalem, where they would later raise their six children in a one-bedroom apartment. This is the story of over 750,000 Palestinians in 1948. But what's, I think, really important to name for this is that that paramilitary that bombed my grandparents' home, Haganah, this became the Israeli Defense Force. So this paramilitary, which existed as um, with its primary goal of of uh, displacing Palestinian Arabs in order uh, to destroy and then repopulate their villages and their towns with new settlers, um, is now the foundation of Israel's army. And so when you see the constant attacks on Gaza, when you see the Israeli army demolishing Palestinian homes, arresting Palestinian youth as young as eight and nine years old, we have to uh, remember that this is this is not separate from the, the Palestinian families that were forcibly displaced, whose homes were bombed in 1948. This is the continuation of the exact same force, which means that we have to understand it as existing with the exact same intentions which is to further colonize Palestine, to forcibly expel Palestinians from their land in order for Israel to seize more territory and more resources. We have to understand it as an ongoing process of colonialism, which is not to say that the Palestinians are not steadfast and determined in our fight to to free ourselves from this colonialism, but that it is a 75-year-long plus process of ethnic cleansing with the goal of colonizing our entire homeland. 
Yeah, no, that context is really, really important. Um, just because like you said, the media makes it looks like it just happened in the last five days. And like, that's, that's it. Um, with that said, though, fast forwarding to this week, um, Palestinians, the Hamas fighters, in like, in, in movies and American media, like I'm thinking particularly like Star Wars, you know, yeah. identified as like the rebels, right? And yeah. It's so crazy how sometimes like something like Star Wars, which is clearly anti-fascist and anti-colonial, um, at least in its early movie days, <laughs> not yeah. so much maybe now, um, gets lost in American translation and they can't see that in their own political stuff day to day. So like, for example, you know, the Palestinians have been under siege by Israel for decades um this week the hamas fighters uh fought back you know after so many years you know and after so much people are going to fight back and so that's what they did um and when you experience so much violence at the hands of cellular colonial state it's very infuriating to hear liberals or anybody be like peace and love why can't we just like talk about this and I was like, you realize they're bombing their homes and taking their families and killing people, right? Um, how do you expect someone experiencing that to come to their settler and be like, peace and love? Yeah. Um, so so they came in and they, they stood up for themselves. They open fired um, and then Israel had war. I know it's not as simple as that. Could you color in some more? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I mean, I think you you laid really good like context. So I'm just gonna build on on what you said. But you know, we we can't decontextualize the violence of the last five days from the violence of 75 years of of colonialism. Like plain and simple, like that that is not something we can do, right? I mean, for for I'll start with like over 75 years, but then go into the last 16 in, in Gaza. For the last 75 years, Palestinians have been subject to home demolition. Um, they have been denied access to basic necessities. They're arrested in math. They're forced to walk on separate roads. And for the last 17 years or 16 and a half years, Palestinians in Gaza have been living under a complete besiegement of land, air, and sea, which means Israel completely controls what goes in and out of Gaza. They don't allow food. They don't allow water. They don't allow um, medical resources. They don't allow international NGOs. Palestinians have died in Gaza because they're not allowed to get life-saving treatment in the West Bank. Every year, Israel routinely bombs um, goes on a bombing campaign, which which causes thousands of Palestinians um, to to be murdered and and causes millions of dollars in in the damage of critical infrastructure like hospitals, schools, etc. This is the reality of the last sixteen years for the Palestinian people. Right, the Palestinian people have 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 tried everything to free ourselves, uh, and we have to remember that Israel is not. Israel is not responding to anything. Israel is continuing a process of settler colonialism. So, for example, in 2018, when Palestinians marched peacefully at the border fence between uh, the illegal 
uh, illegitimate border fence between Israel and 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 48 Palestine. It's now known as Israel. Um, Israel sniped us down. Yeah. Israel murdered medics. Israel murdered children. Israel murdered youth. It didn't matter the character of our demonstration. What mattered is that we served as a threat to Israel's ability to further colonize land. Right. So we have to we have to contextualize that the violence that we see today is part of 75 years of ongoing violence and 16 years of, of complete besiegement against um, the, the Gaza Strip. Right. So that's how we have to understand um, like what we're witnessing today. And we have to remember that, like, I mean, I mean, look right now. Right. And in, in the last and I haven't I actually haven't seen new statistics since since yesterday. So uh, unfortunately, it's more. 1,800 Palestinians have been murdered. Over 23,000 homes have been demolished. Israel is, is committing psychological warfare against the Palestinians by telling 1.1 Palestinian, 1.1 million Palestinians in northern Gaza that they have to evacuate because Israel is going to be bombed. Um, and there's no way to evacuate because Israel has closed every border. And then they engage in campaigns against the South. They are they are committing the worst forms of colonial violence against our people. And that is sort of the 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 underlying context of of what we're witnessing today. And and, and what we're seeing is a, a Palestinian people that are are frustrated, that that are frustrated living under under these brutal conditions. Um while Israel has international impunity as they subject us to them. And, and it's also, it's not just isolated to, to Gaza, right? In, in the West Bank, two, over 200 Palestinians have been murdered this year alone. The majority of them, uh, children and youth, right? Um, Palestine, I, I actually had a friend who um, her family lived in in the old city of Jerusalem since the 1950s, right? They, they came after the Nekbe, after their, their forced expulsion. And Israel served them a home demolition notice where they were going to demolish their home and they made their family demolish it. They made them demolish the home that their family has lived in since the 1950s. There have been settler attacks in Hawara in, in Palestine, which is a village in Palestine in which Israeli settlers burnt cars we're burning, trying to burn people alive, uh, um, going into homes, breaking into homes. This is like the context of, of yeah. this is what Palestinians have been subject to, subject to for 75 years. I apologize for my tangent, but I, I just no. think for listeners, like it's it's important to remember that there is a really clear line here between the colonizer and the colonized, the oppressor and the oppressed. And for 75 years, Palestinians have been subject to the worst forms of colonial violence, to an active settler colonial project, which seeks to maim us, to expel us from our land and to steal our resources. This is colonialism in, in progress, which we can... Um, uh, analogize to the to the situation of the indigenous people on occupied turtle island or the so-called united states right we can we can analogize it to what's happening here and so to to conclude like we 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 have to ground everything that is happening today every act of violence against Palestinians, but every act of frustration from the Palestinians as well. We have to ground this within the context of 75 years of violent and unrelenting colonization that no people should be subject to, whether in Palestine, Occupied Turtle Island, the Philippines, India, um, Iraq, Yemen, or beyond.
no your tangent is wasn't even a tangent it was just it was it was it's, it's yeah <laughs> like I mean yeah. um you know the thing that I've been taking away from like this week particularly is um <clears throat> the Jewish people and communities being like well what about our families <laughs> and I'm just like it's like there's so much cognitive dissonance of this this violence going on and yet there's this victim complex of like what about me okay did um did you have family hurt during the civil war or during the um the events that went down this week october 7th with the with the fighters and whatnot okay yes i'm i'm sure you did but contextualizing it is so important um and furthermore, like doing the work in your lane is really important. Me as a white presenting person, I use every inch of my whiteness to do work in the lane. You know, as a Jewish person, you should be doing the same, especially in the face of Zionists. Um, but to bring this back to the U.S., you know, people are like, that could never happen here. Uh, you know, why do I care? It's happening over there. First of all, the U.S. is sending buttloads of money to Israel to be doing this. So they do support it. Um, second of all, as uh, Fuad mentioned, the indigenous reservations in the United States already function this way. They do not have access to clean water. Uh, most often than not, they do not have access to medicine, uh, health care. Um, they have to get their food shipped in, which is why their food, like I don't know if you've seen those pictures where it's like grapes are like $30. Um, it's because the way the U.S. has it, they don't have supply chains into the indigenous reservations that we have in the United States. Mm -hmm. So there is like an ongoing settler colonization happening with the indigenous people that are here, even mm -hmm. though the United States is already clearly colonized, like yeah. get over yourself. Um, but it also, when you were talking about the bombings and the houses, it reminded me of stories that Angela Davis told of her coming up, where she would talk about um, the cops like bombing their homes. Um, I'm thinking about the um, the one black community in Alabama. I'm forgetting the name of the event right now, um, but the federal government really seriously went in in like the 70s or 80s and just like mm -hmm. bombed it. Yeah, um, they just did away with it mm -hmm. um so this is still going on and even as modern as like this year there's organizers in atlanta in stop cop city mm. one of them was killed by police shot 57 times inherent completely unnecessary um and the cops are not being charged for his death um so the state violence, the settler violence, the colonizing violence, it's not just a Palestinian thing. As Fuad was saying, it's around the world and we can see it here clearly in the United States as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I I, I, I agree with what you're naming about uh, number one, Israel's complicity, but number, or, sorry, America's complicity, but number two, um, the, the like, um, similar sort of conditions that many communities are facing within the United States. And I, I want to make two points on that. So the first part is, um, you know, across the, the United States or occupied Turtle Island, um, many police training programs or many, many police um, 
um, forces, um, which are active sources of violence in black and brown communities, are also in deep partnership with the Israeli government and the Israeli military. So for, we're talking about Atlanta and, and the Forest Defender. Um, you know, in Georgia, you have the Georgia International Law Enforcement Exchange or the Gili program in which Georgia police are trained by IDF soldiers, Israeli Defense Force soldiers. Um, in Houston, there, there was a program in which um, um, uh, Houston police were trained in quote-unquote counterterrorism methods that Israel would use against the Palestinians. This is true for the Chicago police force, sorry, the Chicago police force. This is true for NYPD. This is true for so many police forces across the globe. And so what we have to remember is, I think you bring up such a good point, which is that like, number one, Palestine may be thousands of miles away, but the like, the genesis or or the, the one of the biggest supporters of of its of its colonization exists right here in our backyards which is the united states government but the second thing is that all colonial and imperialist forces rely on one another to colonize right so we have to understand that between the United States and Israel, there is this exchange of ideas and weapons on how to repress and surveil and occupy people. So the United States police, as they occupy black and brown communities, as they over-police black and brown communities, um, as they uh, engage in... in um, um, like when you're when you're at like a protest, like we saw in in 2020, when you have militarized police uh, confronting primarily black and brown protesters with military grade weapons, these tactics were were learned together between Israel and the United States. These tactics were developed together. The weapons used, um, the, the tear gas canisters used against Black Lives Matter protesters in Ferguson were made in Israel and tested against the Palestinians. The tear gas canisters that were used against migrant families coming in uh, from Tijuana were the same tear gas canisters that were used against Black Lives Matter protesters in Ferguson that were used against Palestinians by Israel. So we have to also understand that, that this project of colonization in Palestine relies uh, not only on um, continued financial support from the United States, but also um, exists as this like way to exchange tactics exchange tactics and ideas between Israel and the United States to continue to occupy indigenous land and to continue to surveil and police black and brown communities. So it is the many uh, organizers call it the deadly exchange of ideas and weapons. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, I just read a book this summer, last summer, um, called Hitler's America, in which it details how the United States administration um, would go visit with like Nazi Germany to give them ideas on how they, um, how the U.S. occupied indigenous people and surveilled uh, black people. Um, so it is, it is uh, all very, very connected. Yeah. <sighs> Damn. Um, so that's a little scary. Um, <laughs> yeah. And. Yeah. I, you know, I know this, but then like the reminder of it is always just like gives me a pause. Um, with that said, though, um, I, I think I, I don't want, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of, um, the, the way humanity operates itself in, despite of itself mm. is still very quite endearing 
Um, mm. And I think holding on to those moments of joy and um, finding, um, grounding yourself in moments of revolution is a good practice because it can drive you crazy. Like just as we're talking right now, like this is insane. <laughs> um, what, how are you able to ground yourself during this week even that's been so busy for you during this quote unquote war? Yeah. Um, so I'll answer, uh, truthfully, I don't know if I have been the most grounded person. Uh, this has okay. been, you know, we've been organizing nonstop and, and you're, you're like, you're sort of like in the middle of everything, right? You're, you're planning protests, you're supporting people facing backlash and, and it's all happening at once. And then you, you look at the news and, and you're watching, you know, like, like people find their family members dead in the rubble of their homes that were bombed, right? You're watching, um, Palestinians running to the border crossing in by Egypt only to find that Israel bombed it three times. You know, you're, you're, you're watching your people uh, and you're watching uh, Israeli politicians uh, call for genocide against Palestinians. Uh, the Israeli defense minister said that we are human animals that need to be treated as such. Mm -hmm. um, that, and you they're know, very open. They're not even trying to hide it is the thing. Exactly. And, and just a quick tangent before the like grounded question, you know, this is part of the manufacturing of consent for war against Palestine, right? Um, Israel in the days following in, in the days following Saturday, October 7th, came out with grotesque lies against Palestinians that have all since been proven false. Lies about I actually don't even want to repeat them, but there were there were lies, you know, they, they, uh, I know they what lies you're talking about. They engage in a media campaign that within 48 hours of their release were all proven false by fact checkers. Right. Yeah. Um, and we have to understand why that is. And we have to remember the times in history in which people have been dehumanized to justify war. George Bush lied to us about Iraq and they lied to us about the people of Iraq. And as a result, one million Iraqi people are dead as a result of the United States Army. The United States or in this case, we are being fed dehumanizing lies about the Palestinian people, about we are being portrayed as um, savages and barbarians. And we are being portrayed in this way. So when Israel bombs our homes, amongst the, the masses of people, it's seen as a justified response to barbarism and a justified response to, to um, violence. Right. This is the manufacturing of consent. Um, this is the manufacturing of consent for Israel's annihilation of Gaza and the broader colonization of Palestine. Um, and I don't remember why I started that tangent, but I think it's an important thing to note is that as we're as we're watching news come out. Um, oh, I remember why I brought up that note, because when you see Israeli politicians and the defense minister calling us human animals that deserve to be treated as such, they're able to do that because Palestinians are being so violently dehumanized. Um, and, and that's not just in Palestine. In the United States, um, Palestinians and Arabs and Muslims are facing 
such high degrees of increased surveillance by law enforcement and by the FBI. Mosques are being surveilled. Um, uh, Police forces are being asked to give the names of college students who are protesting on their campus. Um, This uh, uh, university's HRs are doing um, investigations into the backgrounds of the organizers of Students for Justice and Palestine chapters. I mean, we're facing high degrees of surveillance right now. And this is all being justified in the name of, quote unquote, combating terrorism. This is like. This is, I'm not, sorry, this was a tangent. I'll get back to how I'm being grounded. But that is to say, it's, it's a little difficult to be grounded. All of this is happening at, at once, right? But but I will say that I am grounded for two things. I am grounded in the fact that I know that um, that justice prevails and our people will be free, right? I, I am grounded in knowing that um, it took Algeria 152 years to actualize liberation. There's a saying that came out of Ireland that was like, we fought for 800 years and we'll fight for 800 more, right? The Palestinian people are living under a complete land, air, sea, and sea. A complete, sorry, I'm tripping over my words this morning. Okay. But Palestinian people are living under a complete land, air, and sea seat, right? That is uh, an expression of one of the largest, most visible injustices happening across the globe right um and i know that our people will be free and the other thing is i know that there are people uh that we on the land that we are standing on now that are committed to the struggle for freedom justice and equality not just by from for palestinians but for all oppressed and colonized people um and i find um solace and solidarity and hope in the fact that we have a growing movement of people committed to justice who will not remain complicit as the united states continues to send a blank check of 3.8 billion dollars a year for israel to mass murder palestinians right i i find groundedness in in the struggle for freedom in the united states i feel groundedness with my with my siblings in struggle um, so I think that's how I'm finding ground groundedness now is knowing that we have the power as people living in the United States to actually do something. And so I encourage people listening to this. If you're Palestinian or Arab, join the Palestinian youth movement. If you're on a college campus, join Students for Justice in Palestine. Join your progressive organizations. Join join groups that are actively struggling against um, United States support for colonization United States imperialism, police brutality, and join the movement for social justice. Because I think I find groundedness, and I think many Palestinians and Arabs find groundedness right now, knowing that there is a vibrant um, movement to to challenge um, this. Well, and being in community with other like-minded people in the face of struggle is just so good. Like, that's why my, my journalism is my activism. That's why I report on the movements that fight back. Because looking around, it's it's insane. Um, and being in community with other people who actually see what's going on and are grounded in the knowing mm-hmm. um, is, is very, very special. Um, because, like I said, there was some, a friend I talked to earlier this week that was just like, I don't even know, you know? <laughs> And then yeah. you have the people who think they know, but they're so detached from settler colonialism and like theory in general mm-hmm. that they just they don't actually know. <laughs> yeah. Um so I think I think there's a lot to be said 
for being in community with each other um, as this goes on. Um, well, that's all I have for you. As a reminder, guys, um, the Palestinian Youth Movement and other coalition members are having the um, Palestinian protest march at Houston City Hall today at 2 p.m. So if you're able to attend, you should um, be safe, be careful out there. I encourage mask wearing, not just for um, disability rights, but also for protecting yourself from surveillance. Um, that's all I've got. Is there any last words you want to add? Anything you want to add to the, the march that's going on today? Today's October 14th. Um, or anything else? Yeah. Um, well, first, thank you so much again. I mean, this again, your your journalism, I think, is a critical media intervention in Houston and uh, is uh, I'm honored to be speaking with you and also um, to be in a space that that whose goal is to uplift and amplify the social justice movements that are um, being birthed in Houston. Um, I think I would just end with um that was a lot of information for folks that might be new to understanding Palestine's colonization. And so I, I kind of just want to end with like a reminder that um, at its core, this is this connects to our values that connect us across race, class and place. Right. Those are the values of safety, freedom, justice and equality. As people, we all value um, safety. We value safety for our families and for our friends. We value freedom, the freedom to move the freedom to express. Um, and these are all freedoms and or these are all values that are denied to the Palestinian people through Israel's project of settler colonization. Palestinians don't get the value of safety um, when they're afraid that their children will be murdered on their way to school. And we don't get the value of freedom when we are not allowed to walk freely on our homeland, when we are not allowed to um, um, walk on the same roads as settlers when we are not allowed to self-determine on our land. Um, and so I call on all those committed to freedom, justice, safety, and equality to join the movement for Palestine's liberation and to actualize the um, achievement of safety, freedom, justice, and equality for the Palestinian people. That's it. Um, do you want to plug like any Instagram stuff or um how people can follow you or follow the movement yes um to follow students for justice in palestine you can follow at rice.sjp or um sjphtx for my organization the palestinian youth movement you can follow palestinian youth movement uh, on instagram it's, it's just the full word and um we hope to see you on the streets today <laughs>